I'm pretty sure I had listened to CJSR the odd time because it had wild and wacky music. I want something with less imagery and more substance. And it's so important to hear different perspectives that challenge the status quo. Not am I can chew on that's not sugar-coated. Despite what governments you've had here, you had awesome radio here. I want meaning, something worth believing in. I'll strive towards achieving it. My life would not be what it is now and if it wasn't for CJSR. Community airspace, community airtime, community points of view. Edmonton's appetite for music and live shows over the last 30 years I think has grown. I think CJSR is an important uh, part of the arts community because it, it's accessible for one thing. Come on, this is grassroots great. CJSR gives that platform to people because community radio can just never be uh, undervalued. All Ears, a shared history of CKUA and CJSR, was produced and edited by Megan Clark, Matt Hergy, and Mark Rogers in the studios of CJSR and CKUA. It was created in celebration of CJSR's 30th anniversary on the FM dial in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. One of the most important dates so far as radio broadcasting at the University of Alberta is concerned was November 21st, 1927. That was the date that CKUA, which was then operated by the University of Alberta, went on the air. My name is Jim Edwards, news director, and uh, did all of their classical programs. Radio was the medium then. Um, CFRN television was just doing test patterns, and so radio was still very prestigious. All the good programs were on radio. Really, the beginning in the university context was I joined the Radio Society, as it was called. The university had two sets of air blocks uh, on CKUA. There was the University Radio Service, which was a, an outreach of, I think, the Department of Extension, and it produced talks, uh, elevating and uh, entertaining talks, but mostly elevating talks, on various uh, subjects, some of them pretty abstruse. The University Music Hour was on as well, which was uh, classical music. So I got involved with the Radio Society before I got involved with that part of it. And we had 15 minutes once a week on CKUA uh, from the Radio Society. So what we tried to do was to produce a, a digest of what was going on. It was, if you like, it was the gateway on the air. And so we had uh, sort of a, a news digest uh, part documentary if you can compress all that into 15 minutes and indeed we did. The University of Alberta Students Radio Society presents Campus Report. In a review of the week's activities on the university campus, the Students Radio Society gathers sidelights on Varsity News and adds a few pictures on the human side of this thing known as education. This is a regular university feature, and we hope you'll join us each week at this time. So our, our on-air outlet was, of course, CKUA at that time. It was even before the closed-circuit broadcasting within the campus. And CKUA at that time was uh, strictly a, an AM station, with a, I think, 1,000-watt transmitter. Uh, they added FM a year or two later. 
and it was, I think, the first FM signal in Edmonton. It was around this time that the first Edmonton radio station went on the air. The station was set up and operated from the Edmonton Journal by George Richard Alger Rice, now Dr. G.R.A. Rice, President and General Manager of Sunwata Broadcasting Limited. I had a wonderful opportunity uh, when I was at CFRN to get to know and work for a man named G.R.A. Dick Rice. This man had worked for Marconi, literally for Guglielmo Marconi, hands-on, uh, on contract with the British Admiralty during the First World War, was torpedoed in the Mediterranean and so on. And he stopped to visit his father, who had left the family and was working for CNR here in, in Edmonton. And it was discovered by the Edmonton Journal that Rice, young Rice, knew something about radio. Every newspaper wanted to have a radio thing, uh, a radio station in those days, and so he set up CJCA in 1922. So my point is that there was great diversity of programming even before 1927 when CKUA came on the air. And, and of course, you know the story of how that was done. There was, so there was some funds snuck into the uh, budget for a sessional lecturer, and the sessional lecturer was a radio station. The University of Alberta doesn't have any money for the purpose of fooling around with this new invention. This seemed to settle the matter once and for all. It was deemed impossible to put into the university budget an item to put a radio station on the air because radio was considered uh, avant-garde and a bit risque and the domain of others. Still, it was regarded as an educational medium and there was, there was a constituency for that. But the people in the Department of Extension uh, who put this line item in the budget coached it a little bit, and they, they called it a, a fund for a, to hire a sessional lecturer. And I don't know, three dollars $4,000, whatever it was, it was quite a lot of money in those days, paid for the studio equipment and the transmitter, and the engineering students built the tower. Members of the University of Alberta Department of Extension, who were engaged in traveling in all types of weather and speaking to audiences of varied sizes, began to see the tremendous possibilities of the new medium. Taking the university to the people would be greatly simplified as lecturers could speak from a room in the university itself to many more people than could possibly be reached in any other way. The Department of Extension was conceived as a way to bring knowledge to people around the province to the extent that I think the Dean of Agriculture one day was driving down a country road and saw a farmer kicking uh, one of his, his uh, implements that had broken down and cursing a little bit. And so the dean said, what's the matter? And he said, well, this is broken down. If I don't get my crop in, a family's going to starve. So they loaded the, <laughs> the equipment and into the truck that the dean of agriculture was driving. He, the two of them went back into the faculty and, and fixed the implement and took it back out to the farm. So that didn't have anything to do with radio. But there were, there were lectures uh, about uh, raising hogs, for example, on, on uh, the radio in those days. Uh, and so a lot of the development of the province, economic and social, related to CKUA and other stations, but primarily CKUA. Music, drama, and other types of programs could also be carried to a great number of people, and particularly to those in outlying districts, which were not reached by the amenities which were available in the towns and the cities. It certainly has enriched the fiber and the, and the cultural being of Alberta. There's no doubt about that. When you look at programs uh, like uh, Holger Peterson has a program on, on CBC, which goes across the country on the network, that is rooted in student radio and CKUA. Uh, and there are other examples that can be cited. If you love a particular show and identify with that, 
then you buy what others uh, are enjoying that you may not tune into yourself. True story that I can tell you from an interview I did many years ago with John Neville, who was one of the world-famous theatrical directors who came to the Citadel and stayed for three or four years. So I asked Mr. Neville, what is your objective? What would you like to do with the new Citadel? He was the first director after the new, after the new Citadel was built downtown. And he said, I would like the cab drivers of this city to point out, even if they never set foot in the Citadel, if they never see a play, to point it out and say, that's one of the great things about our city, this, that's the great theater. You can say the same thing about radio in Alberta, and particularly in Edmonton, because Edmonton is, the flavor of Edmonton is distinct, uh, and a lot of it has to do with, with radio. The university has grown to such an extent that it's appropriate and uh, absolutely fitting that there be CJSR. And CJSR uh, is a remarkable station in the sense that it is, it's far more esoteric than CKUA. It's a student-operated station, but it's, uh, it serves the general public and segments of, of the general public. CJSR E-Towns Edmonton Yay The River City Radio CJSR CJSR is community-focused radio CJSR is one of the cornerstones of community radio CJSR is a lot of work a place where people in the Edmonton community can make their authentic voice heard But it's worthwhile work There was, there was a place for me on the dial. CJSR is eclectic, crazy, creative. Niches that no other radio community or radio station can. College radio and it's essential. I can't help but think of a spot I got to voice years ago. This is music for big ears. CJSR. <laughs> Held together by glue and steel wool, mostly. I'm Tom Coxworth, former co-host of In the Tradition with Andy Donnelly on CGSR, somewhere around 1986 to 1992 or 3. I'm the current host of Folk Roots on the CKUA radio network. Uh, things were patched together at, at, at the very best. You would press a button and the button would pop off. Uh, that was at a time when you played uh, cassettes, 45s and LPs. Uh, sometimes there'd be a needle, sometimes there wouldn't be a needle. So, so you had to come totally prepared uh, to be makeshift, to take the, uh, the things that went against you and use them as part of the program. Oh, there goes the needle off the turntable. Let's go chase it down and we can play this now. <laughs> or to be able to ad lib for two or three minutes very quickly while somebody comes in and patches a patch board in. It was, it was a challenge. People had a habit of taking huge sections of vinyl while they had good intent that they never seemed to return. Uh, so you'd, you would have the new this week disappear. I mean, you know, it wasn't very formal. It was a great idea that, that uh, needed to grow up, and I think it did. Well, I mean, it was uh, pretty well uh, just sort of put together in those days. I'm Andy Donnelly, and uh, for many years, I was the host, co-host, producer, co-producer of In the Tradition Celtic Music with a wee twist with the wonderful Tom Coxworth. At CKUA, I'm uh, the producer and host of uh, The Celtic Show. 
but functional. I mean, it all worked. Everything was there. It was a, it was a crazy crew, a very sort of uh, strange and wonderful crew that was there. But I liked that. I mean, I thought that was really cool. And the opportunity to actually be on the wireless for me was, I mean, it was a dream come true ever since I was a wee boy. And it just, it happened. We are not an actress. We are ordinary royalty like yourselves. Whenever our husband and we travel through the Dominion, and pass through the province named after our own dear great-grandfather, we always stop in Edmonton to listen to In the Tradition with Tom Coxworth and that charming Scottish chap, Andrew. Every Sunday evening from 8 until 10 on our alternative airwaves, FM 88. Celtic music with a somewhat bizarre twist. Every Sunday night was a, is a memory to me. In the beginning, when Heritage Days actually started in Horlock Park, we did a live broadcast from uh, down there. Now, what you have to remember here is there was no cell phones, there was no internet. We had a golf cart with this huge, big piece of equipment on the back and uh, what seemed to me like an AGT payphone that we lugged around and we phoned our parts back to the station. Basically, that's what it was. It was a telephone on a cart and there was no mobile phones at that time. And we had to phone this back and we'd do our, our shtick on there and then they would play the music at the station. And we did that. I think it must have been in the first few years of the Heritage Festival. It was great fun. Well, 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 what's all this then? Looks like that nasty Coxworth lad and that filthy Scotsman. And this must be in the tradition on FM 88. Uh, hanging out with Hamish Imlock, which... <laughs> well, Hamish Imlock was a Scottish reprobate. He, he will say this honestly. Uh, he would have said this honestly, who passed away a number of years ago now. He was the, one of the, the forerunners to the, the folk music movement of Britain against the, the nuclear arms war for the coal miners, something like a Dick Gawk, and he was very politically connected and a great humorist. Andy and I got to interview him, and I remember us both being petrified, even though we'd been around him. And he had a bottle of whiskey, and it was the simplest interview. It was, Hamish, how are you doing? He did 45 minutes, flipped over the cassette, and then we went, Ah, uh, and he did another 45 minutes, finished the bottle, finished the smokes, and that was it. He was absolutely gregarious and humorous. And the problem with listening to that tape even today is us breaking up and laughing as we're trying to be dead serious because, you know, we were journalists talking to the Scottish guy. I'll, I'll say that that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to be real professional with artists who weren't getting the recognition. Hello, this is Hamish Imlach, and you're listening to Andy Donnelly and Tom Coxworth on In The Tradition on CJSR FM 88. Wow. Well, In The Tradition, of course, was my favourite show that Tom and I did. But it was, I mean, there was so many characters there at that time. And, and it's not like, I mean, it might be different now, but in those days, it wasn't like CKUA was because CKUA has the regular folk that we've all grown to know and love over the years and everything like that, shows that are true, tried and tested. Because sometimes shows would only last a week and then somebody would say, oh, I'm not doing that anymore, or they would uh, get a job that moved them somewhere or school wouldn't allow them to do it. So there was so many things changed. And, but there was just such, it was such an eclectic mix because uh, I loved... 
we used to follow the Polish program on a, a a Sunday night, and and the characters that were involved in putting that show on were just tremendous. There was like the Gay Wire would be on once a week. Welcome to episode one in a continuing saga of Lavender Towers, your homo away from home. Uh, some really cool heavy metal shows. There'd be lots of great punk music at that time, uh, you know, because that was in the in the early eighties that we were there. I think the original name of my show was Friday Morning Folk because that's what it had been for a long time and I think I changed it to All Folked Up. Well, I'm Peter North and I had a folk show at CJSR in the mid-80s through the late 80s and these days I'm a producer host of two shows at CKUA, Points North and Dead Ends and Detours. That's about all I can remember. But I do from time to time find old playlists in vinyl jackets. I'll pull out a record I haven't looked at or listened to for a long time and I'll feel something shaking around it and I'll dump it out. I think that happened with a copy of Sweetheart of the Rodeo by the Birds not all that long ago. And there was a playlist for two hours of music from, you know, November the 7th or whatever, 1985. The jukebox is playing a honky-tonk song. One more My first impressions of the station when I first got involved were that it was a little bit of organized chaos, which was fun. There was just enough organization and just, just enough rules that made it run pretty smoothly. I think there was expectations, as I recall, too. You know, I've had friends and, you know, a couple, my, my son has been a DJ there. I've since hung out a bit, and I, I wonder if it's the same sort of organization as it was back then. You could get reprimanded for... Uh, not delivering properly. You were always getting really strong feedback in those days. You know, you look at people like Carol Ann Murray and, I can't, and Roger Levesque, and I can't remember who held what position. My name is Carol Ann Murray. I'm the former program and music director at CJSR, and I am currently the music coordinator at CKUA. But they were very dedicated, and that's why they went on to work. They've had great careers in broadcasting and media for 30-some years. Well, I guess 30 years now the time goes by. Most of my on-air memories I really can't share on the radio. But I guess the biggest moment was in 1984 when CJSR went FM. CJSR, giving commercial radio a wedgie since 1984. I was very privileged to be there then and witness the fruition of all the hard work of a number of people, most of all Steve Cumming and my dear friend Gary McGowan, who is uh, has passed on now. They laid the groundwork. They did the work approaching the CRTC. It was a tremendous amount of effort in terms of, of governmental hoops to jump through from the technical end, raising the money to um, you know go from just broadcasting on a very limited basis to a full FM license. So that was uh, that was a big one. 
My thought was that we needed to become more businesslike and less like a radio club because we were now fully accountable to the CRTC. So it was my role to make sure that all of the announcers showed up for their shifts and that they uh, met all of the CRTC compliance requirements, including Canadian content, new music to be played, and so on and so forth. So I used to leave what were referred to as love notes on little green pieces of memo paper stapled to the wall. And if you went into the studio and you saw your name on a little green piece of paper, you knew that you had a love note and that you needed to step up on something. And most people were really good about understanding and, and going along with that transition. There were people there who'd been there for a very long time and there were new people. So it was a real mix of, of different points of view. Every Everybody sort of, for the most part, really pulled together in terms of taking it to this new level and creating something that everyone could be proud of. Isn't live radio wonderful? While they're drinking, I'll sing a little song for you. Workers Unite, land reform is here. A fellow named Teddy Pemberton, who is the father of Roly Pemberton, Caden's Weapon. Ramshackle estate, cold rivers, kind of makes you wish that she got the old figures. My soul can't stand, is in high demand. But I tell you that because I trust you. What's new? He walked into the studio one day, into our offices, and he had just relocated from New York, maybe Brooklyn, and wanted to do a show. I just had a sixth sense that it might be a good idea to run with this, so... We let him get on the air, and it was the most amazing, slick, magnificent thing that you've ever heard. And it was the first instance of true urban black music being programmed on a radio station in Alberta. As far as I know, there was no one else doing that at the time, and Teddy did it supremely well. So every week it was just a joy to listen to him. And at the end of the show, he would say, you can take your green crayon and color me gone. And then he'd spell out his name, T-E-D-D. Wow. <laughs> so it was fun. Yo. Yo, it's corrupt where I'm from. Edmonton, tough. This week's cause... Okay, sure. My name is Roly Pemberton, a.k.a. Cadence Weapon. I'm um, a rapper, producer, and poet from Edmonton. And I'm the son of T-E-D-D-Y. Teddy, uh, he's the life of the party. I mean, everywhere he went, uh, it always felt like he was probably he was the coolest person there. You know, that was kind of the energy that he had, and uh, that energy translated really well to what he did, which was host the Black Experience and Sound on CGSR. That is probably one of the most influential things in my entire life. You know, those moments where I got to go on the air. Uh, I'll never forget them. I remember them very uh, clearly. Just the magic of being able to like pick these songs, any any song that I could think of, and like share them with like a large audience, and that idea of sharing music with people, him bringing me in like that. I think it, it actually had like kind of an unintended purpose for him because you know he thought it was cool. He thought it was like a fun thing to do. But, but I remember leaving uh, CGSR once, and he saw a colleague of his. The guy said to me, "He's like, I heard you on the radio there. You think you're going to be a DJ when you grow up?" And I was like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And my dad was like, no, 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 he wants to get a real job. <laughs> but, um, you know, I am a DJ now as well. It, it definitely, those formative experiences on the air with my dad, definitely really influential.
But what I really liked about CGSR at that time, and it's probably still like this, there was such an experimental nature to it. It felt like the sky is a limit, and it was really a chance to try all kinds of things in a way that hardly exists anymore in radio. Hi, I'm Diane Donovan, former host of For the Love of Jazz on CJSR and current host of Voices in Jazz on CKUA. Sometimes it did sound like college radio as portrayed in films and television, but there were some very creative individuals there. I think I realize that more today than I did back then, and that creativity was always encouraged. The forces of apathy and stupidity are everywhere, waiting to strike. Uh, I are liking commercial radio lots. <laughs> yeah, me like corporate media. Me is brainwashed good. Uh, I are not liking CJSR. They play weirdo music. It hurt I head. <laughs> me no like alternative news. Other side of story, no good. Some of my favorite memories at CGSR are just hanging out with some of the other DJs there, just sitting around talking about music and sharing albums and such. And things were certainly a little bit looser in those days. It was not unheard of occasionally to have an album run while the announcer took off for a few minutes outside or maybe on the rooftop of the sub-building. Occasionally, that would certainly backfire if the album would skip. That's something that stands out. Not that I ever did it, but I certainly heard it happen. Hey, man, that, that feels much better. Pop music? Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah, and corporate media sucks. I need the truth, man. Hey, CJSR totally gives us all that. Great music, alternative news, and stuff you just won't find anywhere else. I, oh, Sorry about busting up the place, dude. It's cool. When I first started well, doing shows at CJSR, it was on the second floor of the Students' Union building. Nowadays, for the past, I don't know how many years, it's been in the basement. My name is Grant Stovall, and since sometime in the mid-1990s, I've been a host at Calling All Blues. And ever since, gosh, I guess it would be the year 2006, I've been fortunate enough also to be a host and producer at CKUA and the host of the Lunchbox Show, Notes from Home, and Alberta Backstage. But the second floor location was kind of, I suppose you might say, quintessentially dingy in a campus radio kind of way. I well remember being totally flummoxed by all the gear. I still don't really know what it was all for. I remember it was at somewhat close quarters. It felt kind of cramped, and I remember there being lots of ashtrays, but maybe that's just my imagination. And uh, it was just such a thrill. You know, you're in a room with mixing boards and microphones, and there's plate glass dividing the booths, and you just felt like, wow, this is where the magic happens. I couldn't believe the buzz that I felt. I'm reminded of my first ever solo flight at CJSR. I had been doing programs with my father for some time, and we were sort of the substitutes for the blues show. One time my father couldn't go, so I was the substitute for the substitute. And I was there by myself, and everything was going okay. I could work the board, I was turning the mic on and off when I should. Off is really crucial, pressing all the buttons. And then Bill Bourne showed up. Bill Bourne, the legendary, the iconic Alberta musician, showed up and he was there to do an interview about a new album, a blues album that he had made with Andreas Schuld and Hans Stamer, a wonderful recording called No Special Rider. And I was totally flummoxed because the regular host hadn't told us that he had booked an interview and I had no never done an interview before. I'd never done a radio show before. 
and it was just such an incredibly uh, overwhelming experience for me. I also have to say Bill Bourne, who anybody who's met him will know, incredibly genial, wonderful, giving, kind, warm man, sat down and basically interviewed himself and did such a wonderful job that it ended up being a great radio program. And thanks, Bill. Uh, who knows, maybe I would have quit that day. <laughs> I would have despair because I was awfully darn nervous. Thank you.